Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Dirt Radio, a program brought to you by Friends of the Earth on this uh, absolutely glorious morning here in Nam, though the... Uh, fact that Melbourne is now getting Sydney winters is uh, slightly concerning but having said that I suppose from day to day we should just enjoy it when we've got it good. We're coming to you today uh, from the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people from the banks of the beautiful brown Birrarung uh, here in uh, Fitzroy uh, and I am I'm Jeff Waters by the way hello and uh, I'm joined today by Rob Harrison, who's co-hosting. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, everyone. This week, we are speaking to Pat Simons, who is the Yes to Renewables coordinator for Friends of the Earth, about uh, Power On, which is a film that has just premiered in Nam. Uh, after that, we'll be speaking to Ali Scott and Lara McFarlane from the Disability Resource Centre about their Transport for All campaign which recently took to the streets in protest of Victoria's largely inaccessible tram network, as well as all things Disability Pride Month. How terrific. Wow. Packed show today. Uh, Rob, you'll be hearing more of, hopefully. All right. Now, um, so we're going to first talk to uh, the very talented and uh, uh, very active Pat Simons. Hello, Pat. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Good to be here. Hi, Pat. How's it going? Going well. I'm actually up in New South Wales at the moment. Uh, my on my hometown, visiting my family, and it's beautiful. Really beautiful, and um, probably going to duck out for a swim soon. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Jealous. All right, Pat. Um, what what exactly is Power On? So Power On is a short film. Uh, goes for about 25 minutes. Um, that we've produced with Ellen Burbage who you might know uh, from Juice Media, they do the Honest Government ads uh, that Mm. are pretty popular on Facebook. And uh, the documentary is basically telling the story of Gippsland's energy transformation, uh, tracing the history back through about, you know, hundreds of years of coal generation and the impacts that that's had on the local community, as well as the the environment and the impacts um, on climate change for the region too. So it begins in that history of of coal generation and the power industry, but then it also highlights, uh, you know, basically the opportunities that are on the horizon, the things that communities are doing right now to change the energy system for the better with renewable energy. Beautiful. Um, I think it's a, a great idea. Where did the idea for the documentary start? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So... Originally, when we we started working with Ellen, we we just wanted to we wanted to highlight everything that was happening in the region uh, and tell the stories of what communities were doing in renewables to really show to people the transition is actually happening right now. It's real. It's not just it's not just a, a thing that we talk about in the future. It's happening mm. right now, and it's creating all these opportunities. And originally, we were just going to do a few um, few short videos for social media and and promote that on social media as a kind of little digital campaign. But as we started to connect with people and hear their stories and, and 
piece it all together, it, it became something much bigger. Uh, so it, we didn't actually intend to make a documentary from the beginning. We, we thought it was going to be much smaller, but the stories are really powerful, and there's 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 there is an interesting energy transformation that's going on in Gippsland. So now it's um it's become this great film and. Um, yeah, we've had launches and we're about to open up for community screenings as well. Awesome, awesome. And I know you've had two premieres already, um, one in Nam and one in the Latrobe Valley at a, a festival of big ideas, right? Um, how did they go? Yeah, they went really well and uh, it was really awesome holding it in the Latrobe Valley and, you know, this, this, the film really speaks to that community and to... The Gips, like the wider Gippsland community and there was a really rich discussion afterwards. People stuck around for, you know, about an hour or, or more just to just to chat with us all and and it really um, it really sparked conversation and got people thinking about you know, what, what do I want the transition to look like in, in my backyard? How am I going to have conversations with people in my local community about the, the new renewable energy projects that are being proposed and um, yeah how we're going to work together to make things better so that's exactly that's exactly what we wanted the film to do and so to have that kind of rich conversation in in the regions um, yeah we, we really feel like the, the film um, is inspiring people in that way you're listening to dirt radio on 3CR. 3CR is about community, and we welcome your participation at the station. 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills, or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at 3CR. To find out more, go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, you're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR with Rob Harrison and Jeff Waters. Hello! Um, we are currently in the midst of speaking to Pat Simons, who is the Yes to Renewables coordinator for Friends of the Earth about Power On. Pat, um, without giving too much away, what lessons learned in Gippsland and in the documentary do you think could be applied to the rest of the world? That's a big one. <laughs> um, so I think that what is really important is that, um, you know, all around the world the energy transition is, is happening and it involves building large-scale infrastructure, large, you know, large-scale wind farms, solar farms, transmission. It's, it's, quite a, it's quite a mission, really, and it's very difficult just from an engineering perspective. But I think the message from the film is that it has to start with the communities on the ground and what what their vision is. And a lot of the time, um, communities are already doing that. They're already thinking about the issues and how it affects them. They've already got their own vision for how they want to be part of this change. And, hmm. yeah, with, with Power On, that's very much around the movement from coal to renewables and how that affects the workers, how that affects the wider community. Yep. Um, but in different regions, it'll, it'll be different sets of issues. But... The general rule is um, start on the ground with communities, um, listen to them, and that's pe- people just have a lot to, to give and, and provide for, for yep. this. 
um, this transition, and and that's that's where the opportunity is. Awesome, awesome. And just one more final question, Pat. Um, how can listeners see the film? So we've done the two premieres, and now we're going to be opening it up for community screenings. We've we've built and launched a new website, which is poweronfilm.com.au. So you can go there and you can watch a, a trailer of, of the documentary. Uh, you can sign up to hear more about screenings near you, and you could also sign up to host a community screening of your own. So that's that's how you can you can watch it. Um, we won't be releasing it purely online just yet, but uh, yeah, for now it's either attending a screening or hosting a screening yourself and helping, you know, kick off those conversations around what people want from action on climate change and the energy transition. Thanks so much, Pat. That's Pat Simons uh, from Friends of the Earth speaking to Rob Harrison. We'll just uh, take a quick track now. Come along with me. Come along with me. Down the Mississippi. Down the Mississippi. You'll see the place. Where the folks all meet, oh, heaven yes. on earth, they call it Basin Street. Basin Street is the street where dark and light always meet in New Orleans, the land of dreams. You'll never know how nice it seems or just how much it really means that to be. Yes, a where her welcome streets welcome me and where I can lose lose my basin street blues Welcome back, everybody. We are now just going to move to speak to Laura McFarlane and Alice Scott from the Disability Resource Centre about their Transport for All campaign, um, which, as I said before, recently took the streets to protest Victoria's largely inaccessible tram network, as well as a little bit about Disability Pride Month. I'm here with Ali Scott and Laura McFarlane from the Disability Resource Centre. Um, we're speaking about Disability Pride Month and the Centre's Transport for All campaign. What exactly is the problem with Melbourne's tram network, Ali and Lara? So Victorians with disabilities have been asking our state government to make public transport accessible for over 50 years. 
And while some parts of the network meet disability standards, most of it doesn't. And this leaves thousands of people with no way to travel independently. And that's a right that we should all have. So if you bear in mind that 18.4% of Victorians identify as having a disability, allegedly, but we know that it's more than that. Um, and it, this doesn't just concern people with disabilities that need accessible public transport. It's also our older community members, people using shopping trolleys, mobility aids, prams, all sorts of people find inaccessible public transport really, really challenging that it's not for them. And 20 years ago, um, Australia signed up to some legislation which would require them to make all infrastructure fully accessible by accessibility standards by the end of 2022. And this hasn't happened. Our government has sailed past that deadline. And this work just hasn't happened. So, for instance, the tram network is roughly 16% accessible. So we're, we're clamouring to say, please, please acknowledge that this work must be done because everyone deserves equal access to their public services. Everyone deserves access to, to community and connection. Um, I, could, I could also tell you about our particular focus right now. Should I do that or do you want to? Yes, I just want to quickly ask about the, the deadline that you mentioned, if there's been any accountability for missing the deadline. That's absolutely not. And that's been one of the really frustrating things for our community is that there's been no replacement with new deadlines or no proposal of a new time frame. We're just left saying, when will this happen? A Victorian Auditor General um, um, uh, did an independent assessment of accessibility before the pandemic. And at that time, we were upgrading about 15 stops a year, and it looked like we would be fully accessible, our public transport system, by 2066. But now we've ground to a complete halt. That's an incredibly optimistic deadline. We're not, we're not even going to reach that. Why exactly has progress ground to a halt? Well, that, that is the question that we're all asking. There's a lack of will <laughs> there. And it's quite astonishing when you think about the enormous sums like 184 billion on the big build pipeline for instance 16.6 billion for the level crossing removal project the upgrading all of our stops will cost two so it's really is a small component of it but allegedly it's about funding and we think that there's you know a very big oversight here and what we need is to be building a city that, that is for, for people, not cars. And when we say people, we mean everyone. Everyone should be able to access their public services. Right. Let's now move on to the action that you're moving on now. So at the moment, we have a particular focus, which is the 5.5 kilometre stretch along Sydney Road. And the reason why this has become such an important thing right now is that in a couple of years, the upfield train line will need to be closed. And this is in order to deliver the Brunswick, to remove the level crossing at Brunswick and build the SkyRail. But for the 18 months plus that that work will take place, there'll be no accessible public transport at all in that area, none. So that means that at the moment... Um, people are using that train line, but for that 18 months, people will be stuck, completely wow. stuck. So we're saying you must please upgrade those stops 
before you begin that work. And that's our current focus. And actually, if you want to hop on to the DRC website and go to campaign, there's a link there to a parliamentary um, petition. And it would be really wonderful if you if you feel a sympathy here and you feel an engagement with this issue, if you could hop on and sign that, that would be amazing. And while while the upfield line is being upgraded and I guess people are waiting for action to be taken on permanently fixing the infrastructure, what short-term changes can be done to at least provide something? There really aren't any short-term, short-term things. We, we need to have public transport. It's not, nothing else is acceptable. We just need to make those tram stops, sorry, level access tram stops, make them accessible right now. There was a recent set of protests across Melbourne supporting the changes. What was the, if any, government response to that? Well, there was a protest last month and there wasn't any response to that. And there was a protest, a simultaneous protest across Victoria last year to which Mm. there was no response. So we, what we know is that our government understands the issue. It's not an ignorance thing. They're completely across it, but there is a lack of will. And uh, we really want to see that change. Okay, well, let's move on to talk about Disability Pride Month. What does this month mean to you? Um, I can jump in here. This is Larissa McFarlane. Um, I, I just want to acknowledge I'm on the unceded sovereign lands of the Boonarung people. Um, yeah, happy Disability Pride Month. Um, I want to say that, first off, that Disability Pride Month is not a new thing. It actually has been going for over three decades, ever since the American Disabilities Act was signed in July 1990. So Mm. I know it's not a commonly known thing here in Australia, but um, we are building momentum as each year passes. Um, yeah, and it's the, I hate winter, and it's the best thing about winter, apart from Brussels sprouts, mm-hmm. um, it's Disability Pride Month. So Disability Pride is, mo- I mean, it's many things, but a lot of it is around challenging those negative stereotypes um, that happen around disability. Here in Australia, the medical model of disability, which sees that disability is a problem, you know, in your body or your mind, and that it needs to be fixed or cured, that very much permeates through all our cultural systems, our economic systems, and it sort of really means that access to things like education, employment, health, basically all your civil rights, face you face difficulty. And we call this ableism, which is the discrimination against disabled people. So the disability, disability pride is a way of trying to address that. It's born out of the social model of disability. This tells us that rather than the problem being located in your body, and I'm not saying living with disability can be pretty tough, especially if you're living with chronic pain or chronic mental illness, but a lot of our, the, the, the distress and the difficulties we face actually come from the barriers in society, which we've already mentioned around inaccessible transport, which has so many flow-on effects, like how do you get to your job um, if you're lucky enough to have one, but it also is around the attitudes towards us and those attitudes which, you know, sometimes we call that stigma, these are what is the difficulties. And I guess disability pride is about recognising that and and remembering that the problem doesn't belong in our own bodies. It belongs in society. I also want to say that, I mean, it's also disability pride is also about 
celebrating disability culture. It's about celebrating our history, especially our disability rights history, which is, you know, many generations old. And it's acknowledging all those people who have worked so hard to, to advance our rights. And I also want to say that disability pride actually belongs to everyone. Um, it's not just about disabled people because pretty much everyone is going to experience disability at some point in their life. If they're not born with a disability, they're going to acquire one through an accident or an illness or through old age, or they're going to end up caring for somebody with a disability, whether it's their partner or their child. So it's going to affect us all. And disability is really just part of being human. So disability allyship is an important concept because Really, if you're supporting disability rights and disability pride, you're really supporting everyone. Okay. Awesome. I'll keep awesome. going because That's a really good one. You mentioned that Disability Pride Month has been celebrated, I guess, officially for decades since the 90s. In your opinion, how do you think the Disability Pride Month celebrations movement in general has changed over that time? How has it changed? Well, I guess it's just growing. It's growing in in awareness and growing because it's really hard to undo this sort of brainwashing that we're all built, we're all born into. This brainwashing that disability is a bad thing, and so disability pride aims to challenge that. And that's long and slow work that we that takes a lot of time. Even as for disabled people, we experience ableism and then we internalize that ableism. And so disability pride is a way of addressing the shame that we experience around having disability. The thing that is really crucial, I think, to disability pride is that it's a practice and that you don't just do it once. (laughs) You do it frequently. Well, if you can. And there's many, many, many ways to do that. I'm obviously disability pride month. We've got some events happening so you can come to that. But I also do things like So Stella Young, one of our ancestors, who is quite well known to Melbournians and Australians, but actually she's really known worldwide for the work that she did when she was alive. But she she gave a great TED talk about 10 years ago. And so part of my disability pride practice is watching that TED talk at least once a year because it's awesome. So I actually recommend everybody go and watch it. It's only 15 minutes long. And just one final question how can people get involved with I guess the transport for all campaign and in general with the disability resource center I can answer that um please please do go to our website which is drc.com.au and you can go to the campaigns page and sign up to become a member of the transport for all campaign you can also go to, to, you can find Belong on the website, which is our network that connects all people with disabilities in Victoria. And you will find an invitation to a Disability Pride event there, to which if you're an ally of disability, you're very welcome. And we would love to see you there. It's going to be a great event on the 27th of um, July on Thursday at the Kensington Town Hall. We're going to do a whole lot of different activities I'm actually going to be leading a disability pride badge making workshop so you can make your own personal badge about what disability pride means to you. But we'll also have, you know, other fun things. That's all we have time for. Thank you so much for answering my questions and uh, happy Disability Pride Month. Thank Thank you, you, Rob. That's great. Good to meet you (laughs) today. 
Hi, everybody. That was Ali Scott and Larissa McFarlane from the Disability Resource Centre talking about their Transport for All campaign and Disability Pride Month. Yeah, so everybody get along to that event. Well, you've been listening to Dirt Radio, the Friends of the Earth weekly uh, radio show, and if you miss it, you can always listen to the podcast. Uh, you can visit Friends of the Earth at foe.org.au uh, or um, Melbourne uh, FOE and uh, Friends of the Earth. And please make a donation, but also join. Come along and take part in one of or more of our uh, collectives where you get to say what's going on and how it's going along. So thank you very much for co-hosting today, Rob Harris, and that was great fun. Thank you. And uh, we'll uh, leave you with a little bit more music uh, uh, as we uh, depart. Thank you very much for listening and uh, see you next week. Francisco tooting on a trumpet loud and clean, suddenly